And so Proverbs 11:24, giving is our privilege. Look at your neighbor and say, giving is our privilege. Proverbs 11:24, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Those, the one who blesses others abundantly blessed, and those that help others are helped. How many of you want your world to get larger and larger? Wave at me. The Bible says, give and it will be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. How many of you want to be a pressed down, shaken together, running over Christian? Yeah. Noah, is my son in here? Run up here really quick. He has, uh, you can run. That's fine. Just run. Uh, he's my assistant today. Give my son a hand. He's here. Help him out. No towels. That's fine. Just bring him up. That's okay. We can use that. Let's do it. All right. Come on. Okay. Never mind. You know what? Let's do the illustration next week. Uh, okay. He's getting a towel. Okay. All right. Come on. Let's give him a hand. He's got it. He's got it. All right. Now, I need to ask you, have you ever, have you ever like anticipated a drink thinking it was something and it shocked you because it wasn't the thing you wanted to taste? It was like it didn't work out. I got to ask you, what kind of Christian do you want to be? Do you want to be the, let's, let's open, let's shake this up. Let's shake this up. And I don't know if you can hear, I'm going to put my micro, let's open this up and see what kind of Christian this is. That's a dud. I don't want to be a dud. Do you want to be a dud? All right, all right. Like, like if somebody were to go to you, do you have, are you overflowing? Are you pressed down, shaking together and running over? Or is this the kind of Christian you want to be? Let's shake it up. I don't know. Just get it on the carpet. That sounds a lot better. All right. How many of you want to be that kind of Christian? And everybody that has to clean up is like, dear Lords. I want to be that kind of Christian. I want to be, thank you, that's good, bro. I want to be that kind of Christian that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. This is the problem, though. We all have a nature to take. We all have a nature that takes. Have you ever been in a place where you're thinking about yourself? And this really comes from Adam and Eve, the nature of Adam and Eve. I want to talk about that. Let's look at Genesis 3, 17 through 19. It says, and then he said to Adam, this is after they took of the fruit and sin entered man. He said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and eaten, eaten from the tree that I commanded you saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Listen to this, both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. In other words, this is another translation, all your life you will struggle to scratch from a living. Have you ever felt that way? Wave at me if you felt that way. He said, this is the curse. Before you were blessed in the garden, now you've got to scratch your way to make a living. Now you have to live with lack. Now you have to live with struggle. Now thorns and thistles come from what you plant. Can you imagine Adam and Eve, everything that they're doing and planting is flourishing, then all of a sudden they see these things because of the curse called thorns, and thorns are coming out and choking out all their fruits? That is what it's like with us living with a mindset of, like a cursed mindset, is that I've got to, 
I've got to hoard. I cannot give because I don't trust and I have fear. Think about thorns. Thorns are like, it's, it's, it, it's there to prick you, to not pick fruit. I know a lot of people, a lot of thorny Christians. I have to say that clearly. A lot of thorny Christians. <laughs> Some of you looked at me like, what? Thorns from a bush. I know a lot of Christians that it's like, don't pick from me. I don't have a lot to give. I'm not overflowing. I'm not, I have to struggle for what I have. I don't have anything to give because I am struggling. And a lot of times we can live in a place where we, we, we want to give and we want to be a giver, but we have fear and we have doubt. We have unbelief. And it seems like we're taking two steps forward to only take three steps back, only trying to catch up. But I'm here today to tell you that Jesus actually took on that curse so that you can have a blessing. Did you know that Jesus actually put on a crown of thorns to break the curse of those thorns? See, that's a mindset. Thorns are a mindset. He put it around his head because it was a mindset. It, it, it isn't happenstance that they, they pierced his hands after they put on the crown of thorns. See, those that have a stressful mindset have a closed fist. But Jesus put the thorn of crowns on his head and actually paid the price for our closed hands to put on a cross so that I can have a mindset that is a giver mindset and I will actually worship my God by my giving. Did you know that worship is not just singing, it's sowing? Worship is a lifestyle. And we're going to talk about that. I'm believing that God is going to do such a transformation in our mindset that we actually, the blessing is chasing after us. How many of you want the blessing chasing after you? And not, this is not just positive speaking. This is the word of God. David said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And so in our lives, uh, you might be here and you might even feel mocked in the area of your finances. You might feel frustrated in the area of your finances. You might feel that, but I'm here to tell you that Jesus was mocked so that you don't have to be. Jesus put on thorns so that you don't have to have that mindset. Let's re read Romans 5, through 7, 5, 17 through 19. Are you ready? I love this scripture. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, one man's offense, this is Adam and Eve, much more, say much more, those who receive abundant of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign, say reign. In life through the one, talking about Jesus. Therefore, as the one's man offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many were made righteous. I'm going to sum this up for you. This is such a rich portion of scripture that Adam's sin caused death in the soul, mind, will, and emotions, called death in the spirit. So when, when Adam's sin and Eve's sin, 
death reigned over men. Now, what the scripture says, death reigned over men. It had power over men. The enemy had reign over men. But when Jesus came, he put the curse and, and, and sin on him so that now we reign in life. I'm going to say it like this. When Adam and Eve received and took of the fruit, not only did sin reign, but the enemy reigned and controlled men. He had the crown. The enemy had the crown. He took the crown from man and he put it on him. Jesus came and paid the price for man and not only put on the crown, but gave us a crown. Reigning is a regal term. Reigning is a royalty term. Reigning in life to reign is to be royal. And I'm here to tell you today, you are royalty. You're royalty. The enemy would love for you to have the old mindset that is not royalty, to have a mindset that you're a pauper, you have a mindset that you have a lid, well, your family was this, so you're going to be this, and you have a lid, and God's here to tell you today, you're royalty. You are the kid of the king. I, I was playing a game with Honor the other day, my, my youngest, and... Uh, she loves playing this game, and it's a way that she gets to know her parents a little more, and it's a, it's a game called Have I Ever? Have I Ever? So you give three things, have I ever done whatever, and she has to guess which one you never did, right? And so I was actually giving work things. Have I ever worked construction? Have I ever delivered copy machines? Have I ever, and she was like, you definitely never delivered copy machines, and I was like, I did. I was a copy machine deliverer. It did not seem like a very proud job at the time, but I learned a lot, right? I, 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 I did construction. I did landscaping. I did the copy machine stuff. I did casework. Um, I did a construction job where the boss loved to take acid. That was a trip. Um, I, I had a lot of jobs, right? I had a lot of jobs. But I have to say that my favorite job was a job where my dad was the CEO. You can only imagine why. My favorite job, it was actually at a steel mill. It was a multi-million dollar uh, a business, and I started working there. He wanted me to work there because he wanted me to go to college. That's why he wanted me to work there. I mean, you had to wear fireproof suits and big boots, and when you're done with work, you stink and you're full of dust. But this is the thing. This was my favorite job. Do you know why? Because when I got there, I, I thought, you know, um, I thought, I kind of have a little favor here, but I don't have to tell anybody. And when somebody treated me wrong, I, in the back of my head was like, I can get you fired, but you don't even know. <laughs> How many of you know when you have authority, you don't need to show that you have authority? When you have true authority, you don't have to flaunt your authority. You have a inner confidence because you're like, my dad owns the joint. But it was different, see, because I noticed most people that were working there, even that managed there, they didn't care about the big picture. They just wanted to get paid. But being the son, I wanted to see the big picture, and I was wondering, why is this not working? See, when you are a king's kid, you have a big picture, and you don't have a picture like somebody else because you're like, my dad runs this thing. Yeah. 
You have a, you have a picture of an owner, not a pauper. You have a picture of an owner, not a worker. And I'm here to tell you, God wants to give you a big vision. Because you are a king's kid, God wants you to have big vision. And I remember asking, like, why do we do things like this? Why are we, why are we doing it like that? And I remember that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I didn't feel entitled because I was a son. I wanted to work harder. I wanted to say, no, 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 I want to work harder because I'm the son. I don't want to feel entitled because they used to give me stories of my dad still coming because he started sweeping floors. He got an engineering degree, came to this place, started sweeping floors, and moved all the way up as the CEO, giving God credit the whole time. And something that he taught me before I was ever on the job, he said, you're not there to work to tell others what to do. You're there to work to serve. And he said, I started sweeping floors, and God began to promote me. And I remember hearing stories of when he was in the suit, took off the suit, and would get into the furnace. These things are hot. You ever seen uh, uh, Terminator before? These things are hot. And his boots are on fire. And he was loving the people, working with the people when he could be in the office. How many of you know that Jesus came to serve, not to be served? It's a certain mindset. It's a certain mindset. And I loved the job because I felt ownership of the job. And I realized the struggles that people were having, I actually had some pull to get things done and help people. When they were like, oh, this doesn't work. It hasn't worked for years. And I thought, we're going to get that done. Oh, this over here, this doesn't work. Or I haven't gotten paid and I haven't had a vacation and whatever. It was a mindset to say, I'm here not to get. I'm here to give. And when you have an ownership mentality, you will begin to want to give in your family. You will begin to want to give in your community, give in your church, because you're overflowing. When you know who your dad is, you know what's coming. You don't have to fear when you know who your dad is. Did you know that perfect love casts out all fear? I know I'm living, I'm hearing about the inflation. I'm hearing about the stuff. I, I, I want to challenge you. Whenever that thing comes up and anxiety comes up, you need to know that you're a king's kid. My daddy owns it all. And there were times he let me overwork. There were times he wanted me to struggle a little bit. I'm not saying God is ever going to put something heavy on you or try to punish you, but there are times he will let you go through things, but you need to know he's there with you all the time. He's there with you, and he's speaking to you. And listen, this perfect love, God is not just, he doesn't just love. He is love. And when you know that God is with you, for you, and called you, there is nothing that you have to fear. He wrote your story. He's the author and finisher of your book. And let me tell you, he's not freaking out in the middle, so you shouldn't freak out either. And I'm here to tell you that God's a redeemer. And where you think you're stuck, God is like, I got a plan. I got a plan. And so when you have this mindset of a royal mindset, you begin to think different. Therefore, you begin to operate different. You never see any royalty that is in poverty. I don't know about you, but if, I, if you're in royalty, there's poverty. Now, that, 
I want, I want this to be clear. Our bank account does not trigger or does not tell us who we are. God begins to tell us who we are, and he is our provider. There are times that we go through lack, and there are times that we go through abundance, but when God is with us, we're not stressing on any one of those. Paul said, I learned to abound and abase. And so when you feel like you're lacking, you need to know that a blessing is coming because you serve a big God. You serve a God that, that he owns it all. And I want to give you this four characteristics of royalty. Are you ready today? Number one is vision. God will begin to give you vision. Some of you, you might have operated in vision and you feel like you've been smacked down in life. I want to remind you, you're dead as the CEO of this thing. God wants you to dream again. What are you dreaming about right now? See, when we're struggling, we only think about the now, but when we have vision, we think about generations. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 13 that a good man leaves an inheritance for his kids, and when you begin to have a, a vision mindset, you're not thinking about now, you're thinking about, see, God is a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's a God of generations. God wants you to begin to leave a legacy now because he's giving you a big vision. Big God, big vision. Small God, small vision. How many of you have a big God? I want to read this to you, and I want to encourage you with this. Ephesians 3.20, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. How many of you, that makes you want to make some grand requests? He will be able to do more then your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. I'm here to remind you that you have something on you that you're able to reign in life. God is giving you the crown. God is giving you a identity of a priesthood identity. God wants you to reign. The Bible actually says that you have the blessing of Abraham. How many of you want to accept that? Galatians 3.13, God redeemed us from the curse of the law, that he became a curse for us, that we might receive the blessing of Abraham. I don't know about you, but when I look at Abraham's life, he's blessed. The boy's blessed. He's having kids at 100 years old. Come on, somebody. He's blessed. A king actually wanted his wife. That's part of the blessing. She was good looking. No king wants an ugly woman. You know what I mean? He was blessed. He was young. He was vibrant. The Bible says that he, he produced. God was with him. And we have the blessing of Abraham. But if we have thoughts of doubt, fear, unbelief, and begin to have wrong thoughts about ourselves, then we can't really enter into the blessing that God has for us. And God wants to give you a big vision and begin to dream. Are you dreaming about what you can give or are you dreaming about what you can get? Because you start to come into spiritual vision and you begin to know that you begin to have a royal mindset when you begin to dream about what you can give. How many of you want to dream big about what you can give? Number two, a characteristic, God gives you authority. 
Look at your neighbor and say, take dominion. How many of you know that when you're a, king, uh, a kid that is the son of the king, you have great favor and authority? And the Bible says that when Jesus shed his blood, he actually made you righteous, which means right standing. How many of you know that it's important to be right standing with the bank if you want any of their funds? If you're not right standing with the bank, somebody has to come in with good credit to co-sign for you so that you have right standing with the bank. We have access to the kingdom because of what Jesus co-signed and did on the cross. We have right standing with him, and when you believe that you are a son and a daughter that has authority, you can cause the kingdom of heaven to come on the earth. Do you believe that? I believe we pray a little different when we believe that the kingdom of God can come on the earth. I text Sade today, an angel, I was like, man, everything hinges on our prayer. We can do all that we need to do, but we need to go to the one that has it all and ask for grace. Because when, when we begin to cry out to God, he can't help but to answer our cry. Some of you mothers in here, I see you, you're sound asleep until you hear that baby cry in the middle of the night and you're wide awake. When we cry out to God, he answers us. How many of you are thankful that we have a God that answers us? We need to know that we have the authority in his kingdom. I want to read this to you. Are you ready? Psalms 91, 5 through 11. Do not be afraid of the terrors of night, nor the arrows that fly in the day. Do not dread disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Listen to this. Though a thousand fall at your right side, 10,000 dying all around you, these evils will not touch you. I'm here to encourage you today. You're hearing on the news how people are losing it. They're losing all their stocks. Their inflation is coming. I'm here to tell you, a thousand may fall at your right side, 10,000 at your left hand, but none will go now your dwelling because you know who your God is. Well, this happened to them and that happened. No, no, no. You have access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because Jesus shed his blood for you. If we begin to believe it, we begin to operate differently. Instead of retracting the blessing, we start to attract the blessing because something is on us. We get rid of the wrong mindsets and the incorrect identity. If the enemy tried to trip Jesus up by saying, if you're the son of God. How much more will he try to trip you up to make you think that you don't have access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? See, that thorn, that thorn that wraps around, it's like, it's like a python. They even called it, in the book of Acts, there was a spirit that was actually, they called it a python spirit. And what do pythons do? You try to breathe, but every time you breathe in, a python will get tighter. That's how it feels with finances sometimes. That's how it feels with stress sometimes. <sighs> Gets tighter and tighter until you're choked out. You know, they showed on the Discovery Channel that pythons fall on their prey and they try to knock them out. And the, and the prey that actually sits there and is like, you know what, it's going to eventually be okay, they all die. I don't want to be that guy. There's these other prey. When the python falls on them and they wake up, they go crazy. They go crazy. Like, I don't know karate, but I know crazy. 
you know? They go crazy, and the python has to get off of them. And this is what you have to get. You got to get the crazy mindset that you have the authority of Christ on the inside of you. You got to, instead of keep on taking it, you got to wake up. You need to go back in the back room and begin to cry out to God and begin to bring heaven on earth. Your neighbors might think you're crazy. It doesn't matter. Begin to shout to God. Begin to dance. Begin to shout out to your king and say, God, I know that you're for me. You're with me. You called me. Now work on my behalf. I hear they're falling out over here and over here, but I'm not of this world. I'm of the kingdom of God. You have access to the kingdom. If you believe it, give God a hand today. Three, and then we're going we're gonna to close on four. See how I did that? Number three, <laughs> God wants to give you courage. God wants to give you courage to step out. Joshua 1.9, this is my com command. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged. You know, he actually told Joshua that over and over again. You know why? Because your boy was freaked out. <laughs> he wasn't, we, we think of, oh, Joshua, he was just so, no, God was like, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. If you ever do anything great for God, you got to know that you're going to have to face some fear. And God wants to tell you right now, just because you're freaked out doesn't mean that you don't need to do it. The fact that you're freaked out means you're in the right place. The fact that you feel like it is above you, it's beyond you, God is saying, I got you right where I want you. Now be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah, you don't know what's on the other side, but I'm with you, child, and I'm here to tell you, bring on my strength. Be strong in the Lord and the power of my might because I am going to begin to show out in your life. You can have courage because your daddy's with you. You can have courage because I'm backing you you up and I'm here to tell you today if you're not stepping out begin to see that God is not just for you but he's with you he's by you he's working with you I don't know what to say but I know you're with me I don't know how to do it but I know you're with me I don't know where to go, but I know you're with me, and you're going to make a way where there is no way, and you're going to speak when I don't have the words, and you're going to give me the strength when I am too weak, because I'm telling you, that is who we are. We're, in our weakness, we become strong, because it's God that gets the glory in our life. He wants us to have courage. Step out. I love the scriptures in Hebrews 11, because it's the hall of fame of faith. And it's those that stepped out. And I love the story of Noah because the Bible says that he was divinely warned so he worked with godly fear. For your life, don't just try to conjure up something. Get in the presence of God and see what he wants you to do. And he'll begin to show you and you will begin to work with godly fear. And nobody can begin to catch up with you. You got a specific purpose. You, God's got something for you to build. And it might look crazy to everybody else. Oh, you're going to go You're gonna go to New Orleans. You're going to start a church. You're going to make a difference. Okay. Oh, you're going to start a nonprofit, and you're actually going to put a dent in crime. Okay. Oh, you're going to do sex slavery, and you're actually going to. Okay. That's like Sambalat and Tobiah with Nehemiah trying to build the wall. He said, I am here to build a wall and build my city. I don't have enough time to talk to you. I don't have enough time to even uh, consider your words. I'm going to be like Noah, and I'm going to build what God called me to build, no matter if you like it or not, no matter if it makes sense or not, because I walk by faith and not by Come on. We don't walk by 
sight, we walk by faith. Man, what is God calling you to do? This is the fourth thing, provision. When you are royal, you think I'm a giver. You can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. See, we give our life to God and we trust him with our soul, but then we start living for God and we don't trust him with our money. Soul, money, you know. Did you know 25% of all Jesus' teachings had to do with money? Now, the reason why we don't talk about it a lot, because it's awkward for me and it's awkward for you. Why? Because we've seen people abuse that. And I am not for, you know, call 1-800 and uh, you will, uh, you know, pay for some kind of weird oil in Israel and your family is going to be healed. We've seen corruption in the church. We've seen, we've seen people that are not for sheep, they're actually for gain. But I'm here to tell you, you got to get those walls away because it is keeping you from entering the blessing in your life. Because God wants your trust, and when you begin to have trust in him and confidence in him, you attract the blessing. And so God actually tests us sometimes. And this is maturity, and this is not to bring any condemnation, but God wants to know, see, the Bible never says, it never says that money's evil. The Bible says the love of money is evil. We don't work for money, money works for us. And when you have a mindset, a royal mentality that I'm blessed to be a blessing, nothing can stop you. Because when you're blessed to be a blessing, God blesses you, and then you bless others, then God blesses you more, then you bless others. It's a snowball effect that the blessing is attracted to you because it is a promise that you cannot outgive God. And God will put on your heart on what to give, and sometimes you'll be like, Satan, is that you? Because you think, I don't know about that. And God's like, I will, I will call, I will begin to stir your heart. And I want to give you, you know, a little list right here where God says, this is how I know that you trust when it comes to finances. Are y'all ready? Now, it is true that the Roman says that our response to the mercy of God is to live a life of worship. How many of you know that giving is a part of our worship? Giving is a part of our worship. And I want us to remember the first part in the Bible that speaks about worship or giving. How many of you know it's important to see when the Bible talks about something for the first time? It's called the principle of first mention. I want, I want to read something to you in Genesis. So we see that Adam and Eve takes on the fruit, and now they are filled with thorns and thistles, or they are having to deal with that. The very next story in the Bible is Cain and Abel. Can we look at that really quick, and we're going to close. Genesis 4, 2 through 5. Later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord, and Abel also brought a gift, the best portions. Say the best portions. 
Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn. Say firstborn. Lambs of his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. See, God was not trying to punish anybody. God is saying, I honor those that trust me, because Abel gave his first. Abel gave his firstborn, which is a huge sign of trust. How many of you know that God wants to see your trust? It's a sign of humility. As a matter of fact, you know, in our life, God says that 10, the number 10, actually is a test. Say test. So it's all through the Bible. For example, how many commandments are there? How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? 10. You see where we're going with this? How many times was Jacob wages changed? Answer's 10. How many, time, how many virgins were tested? How many days was Daniel tested? How many disciples did Jesus have? Yeah, okay, y'all passed it. Y'all were in tune. God tests us with 10 because it's the firstborn. It's the first of what we get. Now, I know that this test, actually, when we pass this test, it attracts the blessing on our life. Do you believe that? So what is the firstborn? You see, the test is in our treasure. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10, honor the Lord with your wealth and the first fruits of all your crops and income, and your barns will be abundantly filled and your vats will overflow. How many of you want some overflowing vats? Some of y'all didn't even know what vats are. I do. It sounds good. Overflowing vats. See, because in our life, when we begin to give God our first, the blessing pours out on you. And I just want to challenge you. Maybe you're not at a place to give God the, your first. But God wants you to start somewhere because he's wanting to develop maturity in you. And maturity in God is trusting God. Are y'all tracking with me? And the Bible says this is actually a place that you can test God. He says, test me in this. And it has to do with your first fruits and giving in the storehouse, which is the house of God. And when we do this, he says, I will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you that you cannot contain. I want that kind of blessing. And I want to challenge you because God is saying, I want you to have a giving mindset. This will stretch you to begin to be somebody that provides. You are giving, you're not taking, because God really only cares about our heart. He doesn't want selfishness nor greed in there, and he gets it out by saying, give me your first. See, I want to give you this principle. I've never seen this, and I promise we're closing. I want to give you this principle. The Bible says, the Bible says that when Jesus, the Bible says in Revelations, it says that Jesus was the firstborn of God so that we can all be blessed. God literally gave his first, his only son, so that we can be blessed. Is that wild? So God gave us an example. I'm going to give my first and my, my best so the rest is. He gave, God himself gave his first because it was a principle. God said, if you give me your first. So back in the day, if it was a donkey and, and a donkey had a had a child, you would give God sacrifice that first, and the rest was blessed before you ever knew what else is coming. I'm here to tell you today, God has always showed up 
when we have given our first. Because he's saying, you are trusting in me. I had somebody call me not too long ago. They heard a message about this. He said, man, well, I started giving my first, and I started from that day forward getting promoted. I got promoted. I got an increase. And now everything that I wrote in my journal with vision is actually coming to pass right now. I am overwhelmed. I don't even know what to do with all that God is blessing me. And he's in the same economy that we are. Because he read this verse and it changed his life. And it's in uh, Habakkuk. I'm sorry, Malachi says, I am the Lord and I do not change. Trey, come and play for us. That is why your descendants of Jacob are not already destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my decrees and failed to obey them. Now turn back to me and I will return to you, says the Lord. But you ask, how do we return to you? We've never gone away. Should people cheat God? Yet you cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me out of tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse. I don't believe that we're under the curse of the law. How many of you know that Jesus broke the curse? For your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, if you do, say if you do says the Lord of heaven army, I will open the windows of heaven for you and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it, put me to the test. How many of you know when God says put me to the test, he means it? Your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from the insect and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord heaven armies. Then all nations will call you blessed for your land will be such a delight. I'm here to tell you today that God is wanting to challenge us. He wants us to be a people that trust him, that have a royal mindset, that say, I'm not just living, scratching by. I am beginning to rely on Jesus and go to that place where he put the crown of thorns on his head. I need a new mindset. I'm going to the place where he put his hands in that cross. I need that nature, the blood that came from Jesus, from his head and his hands. I need that nature in me. How many of you want to receive that nature today? Come on, let's all stand up. We're going to receive a royal mindset. We're going to receive a mindset that has vision and authority and courage and prosperity. Jesus paid a price that we could not pay so that we can begin to be blessed the way that he deserves to be blessed. Come on, if you want to receive that today, just lift up your hand. God is going to eliminate all fear, those thorns, that, that thing like a python, that thing that is squeezing you. It's got to get off your life today. From here on out, you're going to live in vision because you see how big your God is. Let's go to that place where Jesus is putting the crown of thorns in his head. Look at what they're doing in that moment. They put a false reed in his hand and put a false robe of royalty on him and begin to mock him. And some of you in here today, God is mocking you in the place of finances, mocking you. Maybe you've gone through bankruptcy, mocking you because of your lack. And I want you to see that Jesus paid the price so that you don't have to be mocked any longer. Instead of the mocking voice of the enemy, I want you to hear this word of affirmation over you today. I want you to receive this over you today. Child, I've got you. I am your provider. You don't have to scratch. 
You don't have to strain. I've got you. I'm showing you the way. I'm giving you vision. I'm giving you boldness. I'm stretching you, and I'm going to cause you to be a place and prepare you for the blessing. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Come on, right now, I want you to say this with me. Say, Jesus, I want your nature of a giver. I want your nature of royalty. Thank you that you reversed the curse. No more thorns, but blessings. Lord, I thank you today. You are breaking off all worry, all in intimidation, all fear right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And right now, your people are feeling encouraged. Your people are getting the identity that they are royalty. And I thank you that right now, you are beginning to give them vision. There is nothing that they cannot do without you. I thank you, Lord, that they will begin to walk more straight and confident in who they are in you. And Lord, give them the courage to step out. I thank you, Lord, as they step out in faith, they know that you are pleased. I'm here to tell you today that those of you that are stepping out in faith, even though you don't feel like you have it all together, your Father is smiling down on you. And the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. I want to strengthen you today that your Father is smiling down on you. He is for you and he is with you. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength today. I thank you that you're breaking off all poverty, all lid in the mighty name of Jesus. And you're causing the core of us, the value of us, Lord, the culture, the kingdom culture of us to be a giver. Lord, we thank you who the Son sets free is free indeed. We thank you, Lord, that we're able to give in this city. I thank you, Lord, that we're able to serve in this city. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that mortgages are going to be paid, that, that car notes are going to be paid, that student loans are going to be paid, Lord, that bills and groceries are going to be paid. Lord, we thank you, Lord, as we give and bless your city that you begin to bless us and our families. Thank you that we don't have to worry because of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is for us in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe that, give God a hand. Come on, if you believe it, give God a shout.